that line in here, Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep. Perhaps a, a wee bit relatable you know, this morning for us, a little daylight savings time, right? It's like, I can't believe I'm saying it. One of the reasons I miss a mask is a, I could yawn during Mass and no one knows, right? <laughs> These prayers of the church are beautiful. They've always been beautiful, awe-inspiring, you could say amazing, because they're not just empty words, uh, but are the word itself. You could say the word himself, which truly affects us and, and changes us. From the bravery of the Liturgy of the Hours, that prayer that priests and religious promise to pray every single day, that when prayed, it actually sanctifies time. Now, baptism, those correct words of water poured three times over a child's head are said, the original sin is actually forgiven, wiped away. They become a child of God. Confirmation when the bishop, the priest, anoints that baptized person's forehead, the sacred chrism, speaks, breathes the words on them. They are truly filled at that moment uh, with the Holy Spirit. Right, we can go on and on how these words, these prayers of the church um, affect us. What I love especially uh, of these prayers is, is when they're prayed in the imperative, uh, when they're prayed as a command. For example, I've just been refl- reflecting on a lot of funerals I've had recently. One of the final prayers that's said by the priest as we go forth called the prayer of commendation. And in the midst of that long and beautiful prayer, uh, the priest does not say, you know, Jesus, if you have like time later this week, would you mind opening the gates of heaven a little bit? And, you know, remember to unlock them for us, right? It commands uh, the Lord to unlock the gates of heaven for that soul. You could take even the entrance antiphon that I, I prayed at today's mass in the beginning. It goes, remember your compassion, O Lord, Redeem us, O God of Israel, from all our distress. Do do we really need to tell the Lord to remember us, Uh, to redeem us? He's God. But this is the mystery and it's the raw beauty of of what prayer is, uh, what a relationship with a person is, that we're invited uh, to pray, to ask, to be bold, uh, like a child, to their parent. We heard just this last week, ask and you shall receive, knock, the door will be opened. Why won't you just trust that your father is a good father? He loves you. And if you just ask, he'll give what is best for you. Another prayer I love, we'll hear just in a few moments, uh, the prayer of preface right before the Eucharist. The prayer that goes, you know, the Lord be with you, lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord, right? Today we have a preface that references the transfiguration, which we had just heard Luke chapter 9, our our gospel. So this preface is going to reflect and mirror almost perfectly what we just heard. But there's there's a depth and and kind of a mystery to it. So I'll read it here, part of it. For after he had told the disciples of his coming death, on the holy mountain he manifested to them his glory to show, even by the testimony of the law and the prophets, that the passion leads to the glory of the resurrection. Just four little lines. But I think in those four lines, there's three movements uh, that we could allow into our own hearts and and move us. So the first is this. This is Luke chapter 9, and just a few verses before this passage, the transfiguration at the bottom of the mountain, uh, Jesus spoke to his disciples uh, some hard truths. 
he foretold his suffering. He foretold his passion, his death, that he was to die. Uh, to say the least, it really freaked them out. Mostly because, though, they were deeply implicated in it. Just a few verses before, he said this to them. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Imagine how that would shake them, the foretelling of his death that they will partake in. But it's because of that shaking that it did to them, that overwhelmingness, uh, that he brought them up the mountain. He allowed them to see his glory. It's kind of the second movement of this prayer. That he sought to console them and strengthen them in their fear. Even the thought of suffering. And then finally, that, that final movement says he did all this to show them that the passion leads to the glory of the resurrection. And this is the quintessential Christian truth that suffering is redeemable. That passion leads to the glory of the resurrection. So we can think in our own lives, uh, we can call to mind right now, if we'd be so bold, uh, those things that we're suffering with, the things that we're going through, even the potential of things we may go through. What would our lives be like if we sought and allowed Jesus to bring us up that mountain, to offer us that same comfort and strength? What if we expressed like a bold child, if we allowed him to see that which makes us shake and overwhelms us, to express to him what we need and trust that he will provide? What would our lives be like if we trusted that he prepared us and will prepare us for any trial we will go through. And that's true, that the passion leads to the glory of the resurrection.